2: Hopefully you had a great Labor Day. Gonna have a great show today. What does the Satanic Temple and Catholic Joe Biden have in common? Huh? Well, it just so happens that both of them are on the same side at war with the Texas heartbeat bill abortion ban. So we're gonna talk about that today. Let that sink in for you for a moment, Julie um, Julia Melanie from Crisis Magazine. She's an independent Catholic. Writer and uh, she's got a book coming out on the St. Gallen Mafia as well, but she's got a an article that she published in Crisis years ago on the Satanic Temple. I know our, our friend Adrian of the show has got some uh, got some history with him as well. We're going to talk about that at fifteen past the hour. What? Why are they against the Texas Heartbeat Bill? How could that affect? Uh, other states that are going for something similar. But also on the program, returning to the guest, Anthony Barone Colink is going to be our guest. He has uh, been on before, we talked about literature. Now he, we're going to talk about his experience as a professor of law in regards to the heartbeat bill. Uh, will it pass constitutional muster? Also, can it be used, can the same strategy be used? Uh, sort of against us in, in other ways. And we're going to have a conversation around that today coming up at 35 past the hour. It's going to be a jam-packed show. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. Good morning to you, Janice.
3: Good morning, Joe.
2: Praise be to God. Anything fun over the weekend?
3: Uh, just a lot of uh, rest and... Uh Rest. Oh, house chores. <laughs> rest.
2: Is that is that is like a, a Latin word? Rest? What does that mean? Rest. rest is, is this word that you speak of.
3: <laughs> well, it was a three-day weekend, so it was a nice uh, restful weekend.
2: Yeah. Praise be to yeah. God. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, good morning. Speaking of rest and resting all the time, Adrian Fonseca, good morning to you. Thanks for being on the program. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Yeah. Anything fun? You know, the whole weekend, all I could think
4: about mm-hmm. was Dove. <laughs> I was like, I wonder, I cannot wait. I'm so excited uh-huh. to have the dove meat uh-huh. that Joe is bringing us on uh-huh. Tuesday. I thought it was yeah. duck meat. No, dove. Mm. Dove meat. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And I was very excited. Mm-hmm. And I show up. Really? I show up this Exciting. morning. Wow. And I'm mm-hmm. looking around. I'm like, okay, where's the dove? I went in the fridge. It's like, okay, he's, he probably has it here. <laughs> and I don't see mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Not a. One piece of dove meat. <sighs> I'm shook to the core.
2: Interesting. Interesting.
4: I'm devastated.
2: I'm devastated, and my day is ruined.
3: How is was how your hunt, um, Joe? Uh huh.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Speaking of uh, devastated, I know she shaved, Adrian. Uh, yes,
4: I did. Changing I did shave.
3: I, I'm, <laughs> feeling like, I'm feeling like
4: I'm like Joe ca- did not kill a single what? dove. I'm sorry, what? I think mm-hmm. he he failed miserably uh-huh. in his what? dove hunting. I'm sorry,
2: what? Was, That's what I'm what? feeling today. So
4: how's hmm. the weather? Did
3: you not go hunting? <laughs>
2: uh, did you guys see the news? There's lots in the news. <laughs> lots, of, lots, of, lots, of, lots.
3: Of, lots of.
2: All right. The funny thing about the whole dove hunt thing. huh? Okay. T- t- I do have dove meat. Uh, I didn't bring it with me today, but uh, I do have dove meat. The funny thing about the dove hunt was uh, I did not get a single chance to bear my shotgun on a poor innocent dove. Not a single chance. Wow. There was uh, about 72,000 shotguns available in the fields that day, and about seven dove to go through every for every one. <laughs> I don't know how many birds there were, but there weren't many, and I didn't get a single opportunity to bear down on one, not even one opportunity. Now, the good news is my colleagues did uh, get a few, praise be to God. My son got a couple of shots off, and I was happy about that. Uh, but and they they donated two dove to the cause so i have two lone little doves wow. sitting in the freezer at the house now i found a place local that i could go to and i may try that this week we'll see we'll see well i hope you do
4: because yeah. now i my day is ruined <laughs> and i and i it was all this is my all weekend all i did was i stayed up uh, and i just waited I've i was like things. i cannot wait until tuesday i am <laughs> Just like my mouth is like Why salivating, about waiting, for. thinking about
2: the jalapenos and cheese mm. wrapped in bacon. Mm. 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 Maybe. Well, if I can, if I can, <laughs> if I can pull something out of the hat on uh, on maybe this week at the, the public land, we'll maybe we'll do a little barbecue. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, I also got like uh, I had my my foot inflammation thing go off this weekend. So that made life a lot harder too. But it was still an awesome trip out to San Antonio. I want to thank SAFA and my colleagues, Sean. Good morning to you, Sean. Sean and his uh, his wife, uh, they listen every day. We're very grateful to them. Praise be to God. Richard Reyna, my colleagues. Uh, Deacon Todd, it was good to see you again. And everybody, a uh, part of the SAFA Dove Hunt. It was a lot of fun. And the steak was amazing. Even if the dove hunting was less than optimal. <laughs> it was it was kind of fun to hang out with everybody, but it would have been better to have brought home dove. Th- I agree. Th- there you go. I completely agree. <laughs> also, it's my mother, weekend. my cousin's birthday today. So happy God bless
4: birthday, cousin. My cousin! Happy mm-hmm. birthday! Please pray cousin.
2: for my cousin Brianna uh, today on her birthday. All right, I will do that. Uh, Lots to talk about as far as the news goes today on the show. We have a lot to get into. As I said, Julia Maloney, uh, Catholic freelance writer. She's got a book coming out on the St. Gallen Mafia, but uh, we're going to talk about the Satanic Temple and the Texas Abortion Man. And then Anthony Barone Kolink is going to be our guest again. He is a professor of law, University of North Texas at Dallas College of Law, about the constitutionality of the heartbeat bill and how that will affect other countries uh other uh, rather states within uh the united states who are also trying to bring about similar legislation but let's pray let's dive in let's get started in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen remember O most gracious virgin mary that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided inspired by this confidence i fly unto thee O virgin of virgins my mother To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janice Valenzuela.
3: Good morning, friends. Thanks for turning into Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From LifeSite News, Dr. Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden's chief medical advisor, has said that booster shots for COVID will likely be available by the president's September 20th deadline this month. Following comments, three doses might become necessary for adequate and full vaccination. From LifeSite News, Twenty states this week have filed a lawsuit to block radical transgender policies by the Biden administration that seeks to redefine federal sex discrimination protections to mandate transgender pronoun use and allow biological males to compete on girls' sports teams, among other things. From the Blaze News, a growing number of pro-abortion churches in Texas are vowing to fight a new state law that prohibits performing abortion procedures after a fetal heartbeat is detected, which typically occurs at around six weeks of gestation. The churches known as reproductive freedom congregations are united in their public support for a woman's right to an abortion and is determined to take God back from the religious right. Six planes on a mission to rescue more than a 100 of Americans wanting to leave Afghanistan were grounded by the Taliban as negotiations continued with the State Department on Monday. The evacuation effort was a part of the mission charted by Mercury One, the charity founded by conservative media personality, and The Blaze founder, Glenn Beck. From Blaze News, Portland City Council plans to rescue more than a hundred Americans. Portland City Council plans to vote on prohibiting business transactions with the state of Texas over its new law that bans abortions over a fetal heartbeat is when is detected. The Portland City Council is set to hold a vote on Wednesday on whether to ban trading goods and services with Texas and to bar, to bar city employee business travel to the Lone Star State. From The Archbishop of San Francisco has pushed back against recent statements by Catholic politicians who have denounced a new state law in Texas that prohibits abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. Pope Francis gets Afghan refugees after Vatican Documentary screening. Pope Francis met with recent arrivals from Afghanistan on Monday evening after a documentary about his life and teaching was screened at the Vatican. The Vatican published on Tuesday, September 7th, the 22-page document and handbook for the 2023 Synod titled, For a Synod, Church, and Communion Participation and Mission. This document is to be reviewed by all Catholic dioceses in the world over the next six months. The new document, quoting Pope Francis, states, It is precisely the path of synodality which God expects of the Church of the 3rd millennium. This journey, which follows in the wake of the Church's renewal proposed by the 2nd Vatican Council, is both a gift and a task. Unemployment benefits are expired For millions of Americans this Labor Day, more than 7 million Americans across the United States have lost their pandemic unemployment benefits as of Labor Day. The White House is not planning to extend the program. From Epic Times, President Joe Biden has approved disaster funds for New York and New Jersey in the wake of last week's flooding caused by the remnants of Hurricane Ida. According to the White House statements... From Epic Times, a group of 100 landlords gathered in front of New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's office to protect the eviction moratorium extension imposed by the CDC. And lastly, from Epic Times, California requires Aztec prayers in public schools, and civil rights groups are suing parents and a civil rights groups are suing California over its imposition earlier this year. Of a novel public school curriculum that reportedly has students praying to, to Aztec gods. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Monday.
4: The saint of the day is Saint Cloud. He was born in 522 in Gaul, which is modern day France, He was born to the French royalty. He was son of King Clodomir and Clotilde and was grandson of King Clovis and Saint Colletide. His father died in a battle when his children were still very young. The king's son was raised in Paris, France, by their grandmother, Saint Claudilda, until an ambitious uncle murdered two of them in a power grab. Claudaldus escaped, renounced all claims to the throne, and lived as a studious hermit. He became the spiritual student of Saint Servianus, the hermit, and young Claud withdrew to province to live as a prayerful hermit. But when his identity became known, his hermitage became a destination point for pilgrims, and he returned to Paris. He became a priest and built a monastery near Paris, a house later known as Saint Cloud. He retired there and led a community of holy brothers by his example. The town of Saint Cloud grew up around the monastery. He died in 560 in
2: France of natural causes. Saint Cloud, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 19. Jesus departed to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. When day came, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas. James the son of Alphaeus, Simon who was called a zealot, and Judas the son of James, and James Iscariot who became a traitor. And he came down with them and stood on a stretch of level ground. A great crowd of his disciples and a large number of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And even those who were tormented by unclean spirits were cured. Everyone in the crowd sought to touch him because power came forth from him and healed them all. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Not a lot of time today to jump into the uh, commentaries uh, on today's passage, but it is very powerful. I love the fact that we see uh you know this Link back to the Old Testament, especially in the structure that Jesus brings out. And there's so much to say there the inner three, the 12, the 72, the Queen Mother, the sacrifice and liturgical meal for the covenant. It's all there, hidden in the old and now revealed in the new. Something powerful has happened with these apostles being given authority and their successors, the bishops, even. We'll say more about that in the next hour, maybe in the after show. But don't go anywhere. On the other side of this break, What does the Satanic Temple and the Texas abortion Van have in common? We'll discuss that coming up next. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, Craft every product with deep intention, while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March
4: to End Abortion is Monday, November fifteenth in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men,
2: it's time.
0: Surely, if you're thinking about the reality, the horror, and the enormity of abortion, you have to be moved to do something.
4: Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
2: Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain, so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, uh, Professor Anthony Barone Kolink is going to be our guest. He is an associate professor of law, University of North Texas at Dallas. We're going to talk about the constitutionality of the Texas heartbeat bill. Um, how it's uh, used for good now, but could it be used for bad later? We're going to talk about that coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now is Julia Maloney. She is a Catholic freelance writer and author of an upcoming book called The St. Gallen Mafia, due out October the 26th. We should have her back for that, by the way. Uh, she also writes from the Pacific Northwest, holds a bachelor's degree in English from Yale and a master's degree in English from Harvard. Good morning to you, Miss Maloney.
5: Good morning. Thanks so much for having
2: me. Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to have you on the show. You 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 tweeted something that got my attention over the weekend about the Satanic Temple. This is, I found, very fascinating. I mean, we live in a world where the Catholic... Uh, who is a President of the United States, has something in common with the Satanic Temple against this abortion ban in the state of Texas, which many other states are watching very carefully. Um, now, you've had some experience with this. Tell us about that.
5: Yeah, um, about five years ago, um, I wrote a, an article, one of my first articles um, for Crisis Magazine and it was um, about the Satanic Temple and specifically about a new program that they had then that they were trying to pilot called After School Satan for elementary and middle school students. And um, I I got interested in it not only because of the, you know, disturbing nature of the program, but also because there were a number of different conservative outlets that were kind of treating it as if they were performance artists, they were trolls, um, there wasn't anything very serious going on here. Um, So I tried to tell the backstory by also going into um, their history, trying to stage a black mass at Harvard. Um, basically, what had happened with that was um, there was quite an outcry. There was um, a specific young woman at Harvard who um, was a daily communicant, um, went, went to Mass and received our Lord daily, and she kind of led a crusade against this, and they had to go off campus for their um, apparent Black Mass. But um, essentially, um, th- there was from that backstory um, from the young woman talking about um, how there was a holy hour that they were, that the students were doing in reparation and a bunch of Satanists were hissing at her and mm. they were um, trying to break into the chapel and that sort of thing. It just kind of told me, you know, that there's a spiritual war going on here and um, these, it, it just served me to bring it back to the Texas um, Law, we're, we're, we're seeing headlines like in Salon that, um, oh, the satanic temple may be the last best hope for the abortion law in Texas, wow. you know, as if, as if it's kind of cute that, that these Satanists are crusading, um, for this. And, you know, they have what they call a, a satanic, abortion ritual that that they're trying to to specifically um get protection for so wow. all of this to me is just just an incredibly disturbing story
4: Absolutely yeah sorry uh, I I have been uh involved with the not like with the satanic church but they have uh i've been in communication yeah i've communicated with the satanic church in uh, texas many times uh because of the black mass they had in houston and uh i was out Mm -hmm. there protesting for that and they uh a lot of people started messaging me that were satanist um and i what i noticed is these the satanists today market themselves as these kind of freedom fighters they take on mm-hmm. this idea of satan from milton that he is some he's the rebel without a cause kind of idea and they have uh, kind of adopted him as this like rebel uh, could you speak on why this is becoming popular and why this is uh, this like it's like the new being a punk rock kind of thing
5: yeah um they talk specifically about um how satan it's a symbol of you know outsider status, um, a symbol of um, blasphemy without consequences, um, a symbol of um, as you said free thinking autonomy, that sort of thing um, i find I found it interesting um, when they were talking um, about the The abortion ritual, they they have like an official video that talks about it and other literature on their website. And um, they couch it in terms of, you know, bodily autonomy, science, they don't couch it in terms of, we're offering a sacrifice to Satan or anything like that, because they... Um, this specific group, the Satanic Temple, um, just to be clear, they say that they consider Satan to be a symbol, and as you said, like a literary Satan, a symbolic construct, and yet he's too important to their narrative to be seated. so um, he... He, you know, they, they don't say that they're adopting Satan for PR purposes or just hmm. to troll people. Um, basically they, they say he's very important. Um, what he stands for is very important to their outsider status and all of that.
4: Absolutely, and I think the other point that needs to be made is that Satan is, like, the word Satan, uh, whenever we talk about him, we're referring to the father of lies. And so, how much should we trust uh, the people when they say the things that they do about their what they believe? Uh, the other point being, when I was looking into Satanism, because I ended up doing a couple of podcasts explaining Satanism, because I didn't want people looking it up, and so I could just send them that information. And what I found is that there are several groups, even within small groups of Satanists, like the Texas Satan Satanic group, there are people who are what they call themselves theistic Satanists, that believe in God and believe Satan is real. There's atheistic Satanists who are who believe that he is real, but they do not believe in God. And then there's uh, non-theistic ones who believe that it's all symbolic. Everything is symbolic. Satan is not real. We're just using him as a symbol. And then there's the spiritualist who only believe in Satan, but don't believe in anything else in spiritual life. And I noticed that there's this wide breadth of belief among Satanists, but mm-hmm. the marketing out there is like, oh, we don't actually believe in God. We don't believe in anything spiritual at all. It's purely symbolic. Could you speak mm-hmm. on how the, uh, the symbolic, the how the people try to market this in a palatable way to try to draw people in?
5: Yeah, um, I think that... Um the, the abortion video that I watched on their website is very, very interesting because it sounds like it's this, this very proper woman, not ex- exceedingly proper, but just this, you know, this, it's not like a kind of like punk um, voice that's speaking or a guttural voice or anything weird. It's just this just this random, you know, woman speaking who sounds very proper, explaining in a methodical way that um, when you do this abortion ritual, that's that they want to be covered under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act because it's part of their religion. Um, you pronounce your belief in their tenets of science and bodily autonomy. Hmm. And then um, you do a personal a- affirmation while looking in the mirror, um, yeah. and that's the abortion ritual. And then at the end, um, after she's given this very very analytical um, run through of this abortion procedure um, that uses a lot of terms from the, from the pro-abortion movement, um, it doesn't use the language of Satanism, then they say something like, um, thyself is thy own master, hail Satan. Um, so they're 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 making it very clear to me. It's it's Flannery O'Connor when she says, um, "To the heart of something like to the heart of hearing you shout, and to the almost blind you draw large and startling figures." I mean, when when you see Satanists adopting the same language as um, you know the the, the pro abortion movement and crusading for abortion and being called by the left the last best hope for the abortion movement. Um, you you just see again the the a moral clarity and a spiritual clarity of, mm. about the status of abortion and the status of the the religious war that that we're that we're seeing here.
2: Julia uh, Maloney is our guest, a Catholic freelance writer. Uh, she published an article on crisis years ago uh, related to this satanic temple that we've been discussing. But you know what gets me, Julia, is is this ought to this put should be a thorn in the side of many people of conscience. Uh, let's say lukewarm Catholics, lukewarm Christians, that um, maybe they haven't followed their faith all that well. Maybe they, maybe they have espoused these very liberal ideas that seem uh, that are actually in contrary in contradiction to the Catholic teaching. But I would have to imagine that if there's some life left in their conscience, that they would be pricked by this and say. I can't stand with the satanic temple. I can't stand in in unity in in communion. I can't espouse the same ideals and beliefs as the satanic temple. Do you think that this might wake some people up or do you think that they've become so numb to a conscience that uh that they would happily embrace the same ideals?
5: Um, I think that's a great point because I think that you know this this is a clarifying moment and on on Twitter, you know i I saw quite a lot of tweets you know about this this issue with the salon article about being the last best hope for abortion in Texas, and a lot of people tweeting something to the effect of you know when you're on the same side as the Satanists. Um, you know, that should be a wake up call yes. about what, what you really stand for. Um, so it, it can definitely work in that respect. I think the, the one thing the the fact that this satanic temple and, um, a lot, a lot of these non-theistic Satanists, the fact that they hide, I don't know, hide or, or they, they weaponize this idea that Satan is symbolic and, and everything like that. And the, the fact that, even conservatives portray them as performance artists in a lot of respects. I think that can kind of cloud the issue a little bit because it's easier to just dismiss them and say that they're just trying to get attention. And again, as I showed, tried to show in the crisis article, if you look into their actual history with the Black Mass and the after-school Satan and the the Baphomet statue that they that they have, which we didn't talk about, which, you know, has these two children standing, um, looking up in rapt wonder at this goat headed, um, demonic figure. Insane. Um, it's, it's terrifying. And, um, the, the founder of the Satanic Temple talks about how it's supposed to, kids think it's fun and interesting. He said, and, and it's, <laughs> um, supposed to be this beautiful work of art for them. So uh, again, more clarity about what, what's going on here.
2: Utterly insane. We're 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 just about out of time, though. We uh, got about sixty seconds. Can you tell us about your upcoming book?
5: Yeah. Um, so this is about the the Saint Gallen Mafia. They were a, a group of high ranking clerics um, led by a man named Cardinal Carlo Maria Martini. And um basically at one at one point Martini could have been Pope and he founded this group of clerics. Um if you if you know Walter Casper, um Daniel, uh, Godfrey Daniels, um Cormac Murphy O'Connor, these are some of the men that were in this group. And basically, they wanted to revolutionize the church. And so, I just kind of talk about the, the backstory of the, the history of that. Um, I go into the last two conclaves, a lot of like real, like a deep dive into what was going on in the past couple of conclaves and how a lot of stuff that's going on in the church now was foreshadowed and planned by this group.
2: Amazing. And this is coming out in October.
5: Yes, it's um, October
2: 26th. Published by TAN, I see. We're going to have to have you back. We'd love to have you back if you'll come to talk uh, specifically about that. Uh, Check it out. St. Gallen Mafia, published by TAN, coming up in October. Go to our website for details, juliamaloni.com. Julia, M-E-L-O-N-I.com. Julia, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful.
5: Thank you so much for
2: having me. All right, praise be to God. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. More breaking news and stories with Janice, and then uh, we're going to talk more about the text Atheists bill.
0: Sometimes attack religion by saying it's a crutch for the weak minded. They'll say religion is for those who can't think for themselves. Does this objection justify atheism? The answer is no, and here's some reasons why. First, the objection is not an argument against theism, it's merely an assertion. Someone's use of religion as a crutch says nothing whether or not God exists. Second, what's wrong with using a crutch if one is deficient? If you break your leg, using a crutch is actually the smart thing to do. As fallen human beings, our intellects are weakened. Consequently, it's not unreasonable to acknowledge we need help from God in our journey back to Him. So, a believer's appeal to religion for direction in life is not a sign of intellectual weakness. It's actually the intelligent thing to do, that is, if the religion is true. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
4: Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From National Catholic Register, in wake of Texas abortion law ruling, three pro-life doctors urged Supreme Court to reconsider viability standards. From Pope Francis, Pope Francis prayed Sunday for the victims of Hurricane Ida, which has resulted in the deaths of more than 600 people in the United States. I assure you of my prayers, he states, for the people of the United States of America by who have been hit by a strong hurricane in the recent days, Pope Francis said after his The Angelus Prayer on September 5th. From National Catholic Register, former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick makes first court appearance, pleads not guilty, McCarrick has been charged with three counts of indecent assaults and battery on a person over the age of 14. Each of these three criminal charges carries a maximum penalty of five years in prison. From National Catholic Register, President Joe Biden said on Friday, September 3rd, that he does not believe life begins at conception. Contradicting his previous statements on When Life Begins, Biden answered a reporter's question on. Uh, On abortion on Friday, after addressing the August job numbers at the White House, he stated, I respect those who believe life begins at the moment of conception. End quote, Biden said. Furthermore, he added, quote, I do. I don't agree with them, but I respect them. I'm not going to impose this belief on people. End quote. From VOA News, a towering statue of the Confederate General Robert E. Lee in Richmond, Virginia is set to come down Wednesday, over more than 130 years after it was built as a tribute to a Civil War figure who is now widely seen as a symbol of racial injustice, state officials have said on Monday. The U.S. Justice Department said Monday it would protect those seeking abortions in Texas after a restrictive and controversial state law has passed. Attorney General McCarrick Garland said the Justice Department is still urgently looking to challenge a new Texas law that bans most abortions in the state. And lastly, Cuba is now vaccinating children at the young age of two, state media says. Cuba began inoculating children as young as two with vaccines in developed cities that have now been recognized by the World Health Organization, the country announced this past Monday. And these are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Tuesday.
2: Praise be to God. Anthony barone Colink is our guest. He is rejoining our program. He was on... A couple weeks back, we were talking about uh, literature. Uh, He is the uh, professor, uh, associate professor of law, University of North Texas at Dallas. He's also a writer, an author, award-winning historical fiction series for teens called The Harwood Mysteries, and the host of a radio show and podcast that focuses on youth issues called The Shepherd's Pie. Good morning to you, Professor Kolink. It's uh, good to have you back on the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I want to talk about the Texas heartbeat bill from a law perspective. Maybe you can start by just what is this bill? Why has it? I have to say I'm surprised it's as effective as it is. When we first heard about it, I just kind of doubted it was going to be this good. But it has seemingly shut down many, many abortions and and literally hundreds are potentially being saved by this. So what is this heartbeat bill and how does it work?
6: Well, back in May, the governor signed the, uh, as you mentioned, the Texas Heartbeat Bill, SBA, it's called. Essentially, what it does is it says that all abortions after the six-week mark, when you can uh, first detect a fetal heartbeat, would be uh, prohibited in Texas. And it enforces this through civil lawsuits, which mm-hmm. is really the novel way that the, the law is doing this. So The idea behind the law is that once you can detect a heartbeat, that child is most likely able to survive to term. And so that, in Texas's view, is the time where the state should be able to prevent abortions.
2: And I understand there's a lot of leeway here about who can be wrapped up into a lawsuit. It's not just the doctor. It could be the nurses, the receptionist. Uh, the escort in the parking lot, uh, Uber drivers that might encourage the lady or something like that. Is
6: that true or can you clarify? The law really allows any person to enforce it with um, potentially $10,000 of statutory damages if they can win the lawsuit. And the only people that are really exempted are uh, you know, the woman herself who's exercising a personal constitutional right. And then the law does specify several potential affirmative defenses that people could bring, but they're they're actually quite narrow. So the law really is drawn very broadly, and it's unclear exactly, um, you know, who might, in reality, be able to be uh, sucked into this lawsuit. But it looks like it's a very wide net. So it being
2: um, a situation where many people are afraid of being wrapped up into this. Do you think how long, I guess my question is, how long until we see some actual cases, how long do you think from your legal perspective uh, that this could last? How I mean, abortions have really come to a, a grinding minimum here in the state of Texas, which is impressive from a pro-life per perspective, but how long could
6: this potentially last? Here's the, the problem most of these laws i mean we many states that are pro life have attempted to regulate abortion more strictly than what the supreme court has allowed since uh, roe versus wade in the 1970s the problem is you can always challenge these laws before they actually take effect and so you know then of course the supreme court will strike them down or some lower court will strike them down what texas did here which was sort of novel uh, in the abortion context at least is they've empowered civil, uh, you know, persons, just regular private citizens, to enforce the law, and they have prevented any state official or employee from enforcing the law. And by doing that, what they did was they took away the ability to really challenge the law before it took effect. Hmm. And that's what the big decision was by the Supreme Court on Wednesday of last week, pretty much saying, "Well, we don't really know, you know, who we would." give an injunction to because there's nobody enforcing this law, you know, except for private citizens. And so because of that, because the law was allowed to take effect and because the abortion industry has taken the position that they're going to follow the law, uh, that explains why things have come to a grinding halt. But they can only come to a grinding halt until we finally get a lawsuit that is filed under this law that can then be tested using the current You know, Supreme Court precedent, which is not very favorable to the lawsuit if you were to follow it. Mm. What do you mean by that? Well, the Supreme Court, you know, back in the 1970s in the Roe versus Wade case and then again in the 1990s in the Planned Parenthood uh, versus Casey case uh, or Casey versus Planned Parenthood found that the proper age where the states can start regulating abortion is the age of viability. Which is often 22 to 25 weeks. So the unborn child uh, is well into, you know, more than half the pregnancy by then before the state can really prevent abortions. And states have been trying to push this number back. There's actually a Supreme Court case being considered this term out of Mississippi where Mississippi pushed the number back to 15 weeks. But again, uh, that law was, you know, enjoined, and but it is at the Supreme Court, and they could potentially, uh, at least partly or entirely, overturn Roe versus Wade and Casey, and say that it's okay to regulate, you know, previability. That's really the question. You know, what Texas has done here is push it all the way down to six weeks, and uh, you know that comes in direct conflict, uh, even more so than most. Uh, state laws with the Supreme Court precedent out there.
2: Uh, professor Anthony Barone-Kolink is our guest. He is an associate professor of law, and we're talking about the constitutionality of uh, this particular heartbeat bill, which I know many states are paying attention to. Do you think that this will become a trend in other states, uh, Tony?
6: I think it's trying to become a trend, but you know what's going to happen is the law is not going to be able to survive under the current case law. Like I said, Uh, once somebody actually were to bring one of these lawsuits and we have a live, you know, lawsuit that we can then, you know, um, you know, match the law up against what we're going to find is that the, the the federal law, you know, from the Supreme court is going to find that it's unconstitutional, I think. And then that will tee up the issue, you know, and it probably will um, be impacted Greatly by this Dobbs case, which is being decided this year, uh, you know, and and all of this will be wrapped up together. And and the new Supreme Court, by that, I mean um, the Supreme Court with some of Trump's uh, new justices who have not yet heard an abortion case. uh, They're going to have to figure out, are we going to totally abandon Roe versus Wade and just throw the issue back to the states? Mm. In which case, yeah, this would be a a huge trend and even more so. um, I'm sure some states would just uh, ban abortion outright. Uh, but uh, until they do that, this might have a short lived success rate uh, we are
2: we 're just about up against a break, so what I would like to do is maybe pause there. but uh, on the other side of the break, I want to ask the question about um, how this law this strategy f- could be used for other issues that we face, and some of which I have a feeling we probably would not approve of we wouldn 't like. So, we're going to have that conversation with Professor Anthony Barone. Colink, just on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is going to be right back. More to come.
1: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a fanatic? Well, have you ever heard someone defending animal rights as if they have completely forgotten about human rights? G.K. Chesterton says that is a perfect example of a fanatic. Someone with a sense of a particular truth that is too strong for his sense of the universal truth. He will invoke even cruelty to prevent cruelty to animals. Later he may even invoke cruelty to animals to prevent cruelty to pit ponies. It is not merely that he has kept one thing and lost a thousand things. He has lost the basis even of the one thing. For a man cannot long remain right without a reason. We must accept all the universal truths so that we don't go off balance with one particular truth. And where do we find the perfect balance of all universal truths? In the Catholic Church. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClank. Praise be to God. Good to be on with you. Uh, Anthony Maroon Colink is our guest, associate professor of law. We're talking about uh, the Texas heartbeat bill and how this might affect the rest of our country. Welcome back to the program,
6: Tony. Thank you. It's great
2: to be here. Um, Now, in the first segment, you talked about how novel this was and how it probably won't last. But I have to say, praise be to God, there are... Uh, abortion clinics that are feeling pretty empty today in the state of Texas. And I don't know how long this will last, but if if it saves 100 babies, praise be to Jesus, that would be amazing. But the question in my mind becomes, this strategy, this novel idea, uh, what else, if it can be used against abortion, what
6: else might it be used against? Well, so, I mean, this concept of arming private citizens to enforce the law is nothing new. It's been around for quite some time. We see it in environmental laws, consumer protection laws. It's all over the place. What's really novel about this law is that it's allowing private citizens to enforce a right that the Supreme Court says is a constitutional right. In other words, to deny a right that the Supreme Court says is a constitutional right, the right to abortion. And you know, we'll see if, if that, you know if that right remains intact after this term at the Supreme Court. But right now, you know, this is a, uh, a long-held, since the 1970s, uh, right. So what other rights are out there that people cherish that a state might decide, oh, well, we don't like that right either. Let's go ahead and, and pass one of these citizen, you know, private citizen bills and let people uh, do it. And the one that I've heard thrown out there as the most likely candidate uh, is gun rights. I mean, the Second Amendment... Uh, authorizes us an individual right to bear arms uh, according to the Supreme Court's case law and as you know it's a controversial idea and there are some states that if they were given uh, a second they would ban uh, individual gun possession so you know could one of those states uh, maybe even in a you know political retaliation for Texas doing this could they say okay is that the way we're going to play this so fine everybody in our state can sue anyone who is carrying you know a gun or who owns a gun and yeah that would be blatantly unconstitutional too but um you know what would it do to the industry if all the gun manufacturers or retailers in massachusetts for instance had to suddenly stop selling guns mm. uh you know we could see this kind of aberration and it's not even well haven't we unlike- seen that
2: recently though yeah. wasn't there lawsuits
6: filed against gun manufacturers Oh, sure. There's always. But the, the problem is, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. There are different ways that the law has always been used to try to get rid of uh, things that people don't like. This is sort of a new way of doing it. And because of how divided our country is and how our states are divided red and blue, uh, it, it really is something that I mean, look, we already have uh, some cities, you know, what Seattle has already said they were banning all trade with Texas. I mean, There's going to be a political backlash, and it's a little concerning that, you know, if this type of law were allowed to stand in the abortion context, we could see, you know, a trend of these things on both sides all throughout the United States.
4: You know, I've seen uh all over Twitter this exact thing what you're talking about. Uh private companies saying we're not doing business in Texas anymore. Uh <laughs> Lyft saying we're going to be we're going to help uh pay for women who uh get sued because of this. Um different organizations saying different things, states saying they're not going to do business with Texas. All these different kinds of ideas and my response has been all the way around is bye. Good riddance. We don't care like the this is the lives of innocent children and one thing that gets me is there's a lot of people who are on the side of pro life 100%. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they are not they're fake pro lifers or anything like that. No, they're real pro lifers who love the children who want them to be saved but are making the point, hey, we really shouldn't be doing this. This could be this could be very detrimental in the long run for us. But my my kind of response to that is Things uh, the left is going to use, is going to wield political power to get what they want. That's how they got Roe v. Wade passed to begin with. That's how they got gay marriage passed. They just do what they want and they figure out a way to do it. Should we not uh, wield political power as well? How can we win if we're always playing the losing game? I, I think that this strategy, while maybe it's possible that it be used against us in a different aspect later on, I see it as something that we can make a head road right now, and it's a move of the right to actually try to win instead of just talking about the pro life movement and, and just and never actually doing anything. Uh, what say you, uh, Professor Colic?
6: Well, I mean, I think you, you're touching the nerve that you know has always been there with trying to um, you know protest abortion for for people who can't believe that our country would sanction such a practice, but the reality is, uh, you know we don't wield all of that political power. And and there could be some black backlash that could really be. I mean, you know, they've been trying to pack the Supreme Court. Uh, this exactly, this issue, I, I think part of the reason why the abortion industry is is playing ball on this is because they're wielding it now as a political issue that they think they're going to be able to use to drive through uh, not only, you know, the, the midterm elections, but also to potentially uh, pack the Supreme Court. I mean, all they have to do is get rid of the filibuster and convince one or two Democratic senators to, to come on board. And if you do something like this, and if it becomes widespread, that's exactly the kind of pressure they're going to have. So there is a political war out there. And unfortunately, I don't think the pro-lifers have the upper ground, except morally, uh, in, this, in this war. I, I agree with you
4: there about uh, what the the tra- strategy of the left and of the uh, pro abortion movement. But the the thing is though. They're going to do that anyways. Whether or not we do this law, they've been trying to pack the court. They've been trying to overturn the filibuster. Like this isn't going to make it easier or harder for them. If they're going to continue on what they're doing. They may use it as a talking point, but they were planning on doing this anyway, and they're probably go- we're going to succeed anyway. I, I, my kind of like intuition is let's let's try to win as many battles as we can. Otherwise, we're just going to lose the war and lose all the battles, and we've got, gained nothing.
6: Yeah, and I I understand that, and I think that's definitely, um, I mean, that's part of the question here, right? I mean, obviously, we know who's going to ultimately win the war, because Mm -hmm. we're Christians, and and we understand that God's in charge at the end of the day. Uh, And I'm not saying that that the law isn't something that should be there, um, but, yeah, this is like waging a whole new level of guerrilla warfare on this issue, that can be waged on all sides now. It's like an escalation in the war. And mm. I'm not so sure they were going to succeed in packing the Supreme Court, and I still don't know that they're going to succeed in that because there was enough resistance. That I guess the one danger, if it seems like we've changed tactics to more of guerrilla warfare on this issue, then it might put a few people who were on the fence and push them into... I mean, they're getting a lot of pressure. I mean, if you're Joe Manchin from... West Virginia, I mean, you're getting enormous pressure to want to get rid of the filibuster. And at some point, some of those people who you need to sort of stay on on the fence might get pushed off the fence in favor of something really radical.
2: One thing I never loved about these types of issues is, well, whoever's in office gets to determine the next, you know, four years, eight years, or whatever it it might be. And then the next term, if it's the opposite team, well, then they get to do that. And it kind of just like a ping pong ball goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Although in many cases, Republican or Democrat, a lot of things never change. They kind of stay the same. Um, But is there a way to do this? I mean, like, let me just use an example. Constitutional carry in the state of Texas uh, went into effect September the 1st uh, with uh, firearms. You don't have to have a license. You don't have to have training. You can you could pack your sidearm in a holster on your belt i think you can even conceal it you still have to follow certain regulations so it's not a hundred percent constitution it's just constitution-ish uh carrying the state of texas it it seems to me like the constitution gives us the right to bear arms uh specifically uh explicitly but nowhere in the constitution is there anything about abortion why can't we just follow the constitution why do we have to play these legal games
6: well, because the Constitution, the way it was written, uh, has some generalities and some vagueness to it that can be exploited by those who wish to increase power. And that's exactly what they've been doing since the Constitution was written. Uh, but this is, this is one of those areas that the right is not in the Constitution expressly, but the court has found a way to find it there implicitly. And, You know, so, I mean, you're right. I mean, this is the activist judge's concern. You know, this is why people are concerned about activist judges, and they want things to be more democratic. And this is, you know, an age-old debate that that we're having right here. But uh, the way to do this is, I guess, the way that, I mean, we are doing it, and the way Mississippi is doing it in other states, you push the envelope on the law, you let it go back into the courts, and then you let the courts decide it. And, you know, there's a good chance, I think, in that Mississippi case that the court might say, yeah, you know what, uh, our, our, our abortion case law is too far right now. We need to give states more rights to regulate and then that'll move the goalposts again and then the states will duke it out a little bit more. And, yeah, this takes for a long time and babies are dying. And I think uh, the point that you were making earlier, Adrian, is is a good one. You know, like, hey, if you're a pro-life sidewalk counselor, you know, you're just glad if you saved one baby that day. So here you're like, wow, we just saved all these babies, you know, this month or next month. And and that might be a victory in itself. Uh, but generally, you know, when we're looking at it in the eyes of the law, these things are, are longer term games that we're playing at much higher, higher levels. And the ultimate goal would be for the Supreme Court to just throw the issue back to the states. And then you still have a whole nother fight at that point.
2: Well, we are just about out of time. Anthony Barone, Colink, Associate Professor of Law, uh, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. Um, hopefully, we'll get you back soon and maybe get, uh, get some more insight into this, especially as it develops. Uh, you know, we don't know how long this thing will last, uh, mm-hmm. but we are grateful for the lives saved at any rate. But God bless you, and God love you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Joe. All right, praise be to God. Great conversation today between Professor Kolink and even Julia in the first segment about uh, the Satanic Temple and their connection to the Texas Heartbeat Bill. I mean, who wants to be in communion with the Texas, with the Satanic Temple? I don't know. Apparently, the uh, current administration is all on board on the same team. That's terrible. So, uh, lines are drawn. It's getting clear. Let's choose wisely. But, Coming up after the break is our second hour of Catholic Drive Time. Hopefully and prayerfully, you can join us for that. We're going to have breaking news and stories, all good news stories in the second hour. Plus, we'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and The Game Show with a brand new prize sponsor this week. Praise be to God. You could win. All you got to do is be our guest, be our first caller. When you give me the phone number, or go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you
0: God loves
3: you. In Romans chapter 3, it says that none is righteous, in that all have sinned. But the Catholic Church teaches that Mary is without sin. How can that be?
7: Romans 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Yet James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If absolutely no one is righteous, then who is James talking about? Luke chapter 1 says that Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous before God. If absolutely no one is righteous, then how can that be? Is Scripture contradicting itself? No, the folks who interpret Romans as saying absolutely without exception, no one is righteous, are misinterpreting that passage. They are failing to realize that the key to understanding Romans 3.10 is the phrase, It is written. Here in Romans, Paul is quoting from the Old Testament, Psalm 14 to be exact. In Psalm 14, it says, The fool says in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt. There is none that does good. But then that same psalm goes on to talk about the righteous. Well, if none has done good, who are the righteous people the psalm is talking about? Obviously, when the psalmist says that none is good, he is talking about the fools who say there is no God. He is not talking about absolutely everyone. Just so Paul when he quotes from this psalm. Paul is not saying absolutely no one is righteous. If he was, then how do you explain all the Old and New Testament passages that refer to the righteous? In Romans 3.11, it says that no one seeks for God. Does that mean that absolutely no one is seeking God? No, to interpret it that way would be ludicrous. Just so verse 23, which says that all have sinned. Babies haven't sinned, have they? Little children haven't sinned, have they? No, this is not an absolute. There are exceptions. So it is perfectly legitimate to say that these passages from Romans, when interpreted in context, in no way conflict with the church's teaching on Mary being without sin.
0: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe
7: Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
2: Hopefully your uh, Labor Day weekend went very, very well. I'd love to know what, what you did. Maybe in the after show, if you can join us on one of the live video streams and chat with us, you can tell us what was your weekend like. Uh, I enjoyed my weekend quite a lot. Uh, had a great trip out to the a Dove Hunt in San Antonio. Got to hang out with my colleagues out there, Richard Reyna, Sean Rice. Got to see Deacon Todd and, and a bunch of other people And I was very grateful for the opportunity. Didn't bring back a lot of dove meat. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, That part didn't go all that well because there was very little, very few doves flying in the air that day. But we did have a great time and the steak was amazing. Praise be to God for that. And then I got to take my kids fishing yesterday. I really enjoyed that time. And uh, praise be to God for, for my uh, time with my family. Really, really enjoy being outdoors with them and hanging out with my colleagues. But uh, good morning to you, uh, Janice.
3: Good morning, Joe. That sounds really relaxing. Uh, were you in San Antonio all weekend or just for Friday? Uh,
2: Friday night and Saturday. We left Saturday after, late afternoon. Uh, we stayed in a wonderful cabin over in uh, out north of Castor, or, yeah Castorville and uh, on a exclusive piece of property that was very like hidden away in the hills it was really amazing praise be to god that Mm -hmm. my kids got to fish and hang out and then we just chatted me and my colleagues just sat and talked and enjoyed the view and it was really really peaceful and relaxing it was wonderful Mm -hmm. really enjoyable time
3: that's awesome by the grace of
2: god Uh, speaking of enjoyable times or the lack thereof adrian fonseca is here on the ones and twos good morning to you adrian Good morning. Good morning. You know,
4: you, whenever we were talking about the dove meet mm. Uh, mm. during the last hour, yeah. Sean mm. sent me a text <laughs> and he sent me pictures of him eating dove. And he's like, Yeah, we got some. Oh, he ouch. said, He goes, Yeah, the birds really were far and in between. Uh, but the one, and he's Somehow, like, The one of the pan. He said, Richard got one, though. <laughs> and I was like, Dang, you calling Joe out like that? Yes, for ouch. sure. Yes, ouch. yes, yes, yes. So
2: there you go, folks. There we go. It was funny. It was hilarious. You know, they. They uh, they did get a couple of doves, and I'm grateful for the couple that they gave because that's what they gave to me to eat. So praise be to God for that. That's hilarious. Yes, yes, humbling, uh, it, to be sure. Humbling. The whole experience was
4: humbling. Yeah, you're telling me. I was looking forward to having dove meat this week. I was thinking you come in with like a whole string of doves. I was hoping and, to. Uh, and here we got come in. I look yeah. in the
2: fridge. I'm moving things around. Like, where's the dove meat at? And I can't yeah. find anything. I also got to go to First Saturday. Did you guys go to First Saturday Mass? Unfortunately, no. I was not able to. Oh, I wasn't
3: man. able to. Did you do that in San Antonio? We
2: did. It was kind of uh, also very comical because I forgot to bring my phone charger with me and uh, and I hadn't had a chance to stop and buy another one. So my phone was nearly dead. So I was mm. trying to navigate to this parish without navigation. Mm. Uh, so that was h- hilarious. And then uh, mm-hmm. then of course uh, my gout acted up So that was made life even more complicated But we did make the Mass At Our Lady of Atonement outside San Antonio mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. was quite lovely It's a very incredible campus
3: Isn't that um, an Anglican yes. Catholic parish? The Personal yeah.
2: Ordinary of, uh, of the, the Chair of, of St. Peter, Peter for, Okay, for, yes.
3: so it's part of the Yes, mm-hmm. Similar a, to w- the one here in Houston They have
2: they have a high, they have a high altar uh, That's black uh, oh, Black oh, interesting. and gold Which I had never mm-hmm. seen before Usually like they're white you know, kind of thing. Yeah, so this one I really heard. Stood I out. heard
3: they have a great Catholic school too, and they have a great uh, choir for children there.
2: The Catholic school is massive. I mean, mm. it's huge. It looks like a castle. It's utterly fascinating. Wow, so, uh, enjoyed that part. Of it. And oh, by the way, Joni walked up to me and said hello at Mass. Joni and Daniel, who've been our contestants on our game show several times, praise be to God. That's yeah. Awesome. So, Joni, if you're listening, it was so nice to meet you. Thank you for stopping and saying hello. That was a, a very, very cool. Very, very cool. Well, praise be to God. Uh, yeah, no doubt for me. I'm sorry, Eric. But uh, we are going to, uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to jump into the good news stories with Janice, and then we'll have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then we play our game show. Brand new prize sponsor this week. So another opportunity to to win if you haven't played before, or if it's been a long time, Call us and be our contestant when I give you the phone number. If you want to stack the deck in your favor, all you need to do is jump on our website and look for the phone number there at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought, thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Janice Valenzuela.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, friends. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From National Catholic Register, a Catholic filmmaker has produced and directed a three-part documentary called "The Mass of the Ages." This new film in place was long uh, put in place long before Pope Francis's new motu proprio. The film offers a closer look at the traditional Latin Mass through a three-part series. From National Catholic Register, Laudato Si inspires young adults to faith-based action on climate change. It was after reading Pope Francis' encyclical Laudato Si on care for our common home that Emily Burke has begun wondering what climate change community could do- could be could have been done in her college campus. From Alatia, a U.K. mother who gave birth to a baby with one arm, no legs, and a weak hand says she never thought of terminating her pregnancy. The proud mom calls her baby's son an absolutely perfect little boy. Praise God. From National Catholic Register, Ladat Pope Francis on Sunday asked prayers for his visit later this month to the heart of Europe, a four-day pilgrimage to Hung- Hungary and Sh- Slovakia, which will be his first travel since surgery earlier this summer. EWTN's Global Catholic Radio now available throughout Chicagoland. EW Global Catholic Radio has announced that 9 million more listeners in the Chicagoland area and beyond will have the ability to tune in to EW- EWTN's radio life-changing programs. From, Na- from Catholic News Agency, religious doctors and hospital workers will not be forced to perform gender transition procedures after a federal court on Monday blocked the so-called transgender mandate on Biden's administration. From Crux Now, India Catholics take part in National Biking for Babies ride. On the last day of of the month week-long journey that tested people's heart and spirits, the 26-year-old Catholic woman from Indianapolis took the lead of a team of cyclists preparing to meet with other groups from across the country for a triumphant last-mile ride together towards the celebration of life. The finish line was in St. Louis. From Crux Now, Texas bishops have applauded the Supreme Court decision not to block a new law banning most abortions in the state, noting it's the first time the nation's highest court has allowed a pro-life law to remain in place while legislations proceed in lower courts. Quote, we celebrate every life saved by the legislation. End quote. The state's 20, 20 bishops stated on September 3rd Adding that attempts by opponents of the law to dehumanize the unborn are deeply disturbing. And lastly from crux now, Pope Francis has called on whatever government will emerge in Afghanistan following the American withdrawal to allow children to receive an education. Despite the Taliban policy of not allowing women to attend school after the age of 12, quote, he states In these troubled times that Afghanistan is seeking refuge, I pray for the most vulnerable among them, end quote. Francis said on Sunday, I pray that many countries will welcome and protect those seeking a new life. I pray also for the internally displaced children that may never receive assistance and the necessary protection, end quote. And these are all your headlines for this morning. God love you and have a blessed Tuesday.
4: The saint of the day is Saint Cloud. He was born in 522 in Gaul, which is modern day France. He was born to the French nobility. He was a son of King Clodomir and Clotilde and was the grandson of King Clovis and Saint Clotilde. His father died in, in battle when his children were still very young, and the king's sons were raised in Paris, France, by their grandmother, St. Clotilda. Until an ambitious uncle murdered the two of them in a power grab. Clodaldus escaped, renounced all claims to the throne, and lived as a studious hermit. He became the spiritual student of St. Servianus, the hermit, and and young Cloud withdrew to province to live as a prayerful hermit. But when his identity became known, his hermitage became a destination point for pilgrims, and he returned to Paris. He became a priest and built a monastery near Paris, a house later known as Saint Cloud. He retired there and led a community of holy brothers by his example. The town of Saint Cloud grew up around the monastery. He died in 560 in France of natural causes.
2: Saint Cloud. Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 6 verses 12 through 19. Jesus departed to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. When day came, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called a zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. And he came down with them and stood on a stretch of level ground. A great crowd of his disciples, and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon came to hear, him, to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and even those who were tormented by unclean spirits were cured. Everyone in the crowd sought to touch him, because power came forth from him and healed them all. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Peter is always first, and Judas is always last in every account in the Gospels. There's a reason for that. St. Ambrose would say, Let not thy ears be open to deceit, that thou shouldest think that the Son of God prays, For want of strength, that he may obtain what he could not perform. For being himself the author of power, the master of obedience, he leads us by his own example to the precepts of virtue, i.e., praying in communion with God before big things happen in our lives. I think that's also a great takeaway. St. Cyril of Alexandria brings up this point, Chris System, and many of the early church fathers. Adrian, anything that you found out? You got about a minute and a half, two minutes, I guess. Yeah, no problem. Yes, there's so much uh, that can be said about every scripture
4: passage. So a couple things. I, I wanted to point out the same thing Joe mentioned in the beginning there. Judas is always mentioned last. I like how in Luke, uh, he says, Judas, who became a traitor. It's very interesting because what is a traitor? See, in the Vulgate, the word traitor, trader is the word tradere, which comes from the same root as the word tradition. Well, how does this, how does this relate? What is, why am I bringing this up? Well, the word traitor, literally in the early church, the word traitor was those who would hand on the gospel over to the emperor because the gospel was a symbol of a bishop of his authority as the, as the successor of the apostles. And remember at this time, Bibles were extraordinarily expensive. You cannot, you can't just go to the local store and buy a Bible. These things were very, very valuable. And so those who handed on their Bible over to the emperor who were caving in to the Diocletian persecution and gave up the faith in order to keep their lives, they were traitors. And the same word, root word, is because those who hand on the faith towards those below them. So the bishop handing on the faith to their priest, to their flock, they are those who are tradare they are handing on the faith, not over to the emperor, but on to the sense of the faithful, to the faithful, to their flock, to the sheep. And so we are called not to be traitors, but to be those who pass on the tradition of
2: the church. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. There is a lot that could be said here. The apostles uh, literally means ambassadors. And one of the other things the early church fathers pointed out was uh, was the differences between apostles and bishops and how apostles had more authority and more scope. Than the bishops uh, being limited to their diocese it was fascinating but we can't get into that now because it's time to play the game and you could be the contestant all you'd have to do is make a phone call at 877-757-9424-877-757-9424 the game is coming up next and prizes are involved don't go anywhere we'll be right back
7: we all know children
3: have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church
7: family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover
3: more at catholicscomehome.org.
0: Protestants like to use James 2.10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin.
2: Joe
6: McClain!
2: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell anybody what I'm about to share with you. Keep this just between us. But we like to do a few things on the Game Show segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you didn't know before. And that's kind of cool. Praise be to God. And we like Our contestants, we love our callers, our listeners calling in and being a part of the game show and having fun with us, laughing with us. We really enjoy that part. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker. If you're just joining us, the deal is I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand But I will not ask the caller these questions, so they don't need to know the answers in order to still win the game. It's possible they could win without ever knowing a single right right answer. Uh, That's because I will instead ask Janice, and I will ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong." The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Janice or Adrian? And every right answer goes into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Who is our sponsor this week, Janice?
3: This week we have a a custom Catholic artist by the name of Sue Cuomo Johnson. She is the owner and founder of CatholicArtAndJewelry.com. And I'm on her website and Instagram account, and it seems like her specialty is um, painting, uh, acrylic painting. She has various vintage Catholic items that are handmade, hand painted, uh, uh, going from jewelry, um, paintings, uh, frames, and so there's a lot of items on her store. But uh, we are going to clarify uh, what the exact prize is. But mm. it is, it is a uh, a 35 or more prize as listed on her website. Everything is roughly around the $35 range or nice. more. Um, very cool. So it's very, yeah, her work is very beautiful. She has rosaries, scapulars, and they're all handmade.
2: Wonderful. Well, praise be to God. Well, thank mm-hmm. you very much, CatholicArtAndJewelry.com, for your generous sponsorship of our game. Let's go to the phones. Joan and Daniel, is this Joan from San Antonio?
1: Yes, this is Jones from San Antonio.
2: Praise be to God. It was so good to see you on uh, Saturday.
1: Yes, beautiful mass,
2: huh? Yes, absolutely. I, I don't think I, if i have been to Atonement, it had been a billion years. So I don't, I can't remember ever being there before. So uh, it was uh, a pretty cool experience to see the campus, which is pretty massive. And the, the the castle was super cool, too. Yes. Well, praise be to God. And thank you for stopping by and saying hello. I really enjoyed that. I did too. Now, Daniel, are you there too? Yes. Well, yes. good morning, Daniel. It's good to hear your voice again.
7: Yes, he was working at Waterburger
2: yesterday. <laughs> do you down? Okay. Do you guys say Waterburger or What a Burger, Daniel? What do you say? Waterburger. Wow. <laughs> it's a hot debate it's a contested debate here on the show uh because uh it is w-h-a-t uh so i it's think, think it's technically what a burger
3: but <laughs> it's okay
2: joe's not from texas I, As
3: as a child i said water burger but as an adult <sighs> now i say what a burger
4: <sighs> as a Texas texan wow. i say water and as a texan <laughs> i still say water
2: daniel help me out it's what a burger right <laughs> Yeah. Oh, praise be to God, Daniel. Thank you for that. All right. I know you guys are veterans of the game show. You know how the game is played, but any any opinions on Janice? Uh, Do you think she's very tricky? I like her. She's doing well. All right. All right. I I think the implication there is Adrian is very tricky, but uh, let's just play the game. All right. We're going to go to Janice as is our custom. Uh, Janice, are you ready?
3: Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, I'm ready,
2: Janice. Can you tell me, is the Mass the same sacrifice as the sacrifice of the cross?
3: Hmm. I would say uh, no, because the the Mass is mm-hmm,
7: uh, mm-hmm.
3: completely separate. Is a, a, the source and summit of our faith, and oh, okay. the cross is mm-hmm. uh, is. A historical event that we 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 believe in, but it's not the same thing as the mass.
2: Uh huh. Oh, let's just uh, let's get a second opinion here. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me is the mass the same sacrifice as the sacrifice of the cross?
4: Yeah, that, that Janice made a really good points there, uh, but I'm gonna say yes, it is the same sacrifice of the uh-huh. cross uh-huh. because it is the representation, the making present of yeah. the one sacrifice at Calvary. Uh huh. Are you sure? Uh, that's what I'm going with. Okay.
2: Whether it's right or wrong, <laughs> that's up to you. <laughs> oh, Hey, okay, now you're you're the we, arbiter of truth. today. Can we put that on a button? <laughs> you are the arbiter of truth. I like that. All right. So, uh, Joan and Daniel, here is the deal. Uh, When asked, is the Mass the same sacrifice as the sacrifice of the cross, Adrian says it is, whereas Janice says it is not. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Joan and Daniel, what say you? (laughs) Adrian. That's right.
4: That's right. I laughed, Adrian.
2: Poor Janice was having to answer wrong intentionally, and the squirming was ensuing. It's like, how do you answer such a fundamental question incorrect on purpose? So I, I felt bad for you, Janice. You know, the heresy just I'm not. I'm not
3: heretical. <laughs> I I don't believe the answer I gave.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was that was. I just got a good laugh out of that. that I'm glad she did that, so I didn't That's have to.
3: That's maybe something that maybe in bad catechism. Yeah. Perhaps even happens Ooh. today. I mean, do I hear a new
2: segment? (laughs) The bad catechism segment? Maybe that could be a fun little segment. Uh, But you are right. Joan and Daniel, congratulations. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. The uh, Mass and the sacrifice of the cross are one in the same. Praise be to God. Uh, How do you feel, Daniel? Good. All right. You ready to go for uh, round two? I think we might double your chances to win this week's prize, Daniel. We're going to go to Adrian first. Adrian, are you uh, ready? Uh, No. Can you tell me, who are the successors of the Apostles? Yes, that would be the All Believers.
4: The, you know, believers. Yes, because we are the priesthood of all believers. We ah. all have the apostolic mandate given Every by Christ. Every of one us? Of, us. All me, of us. Me too? Well,
2: maybe not you, but everyone else. <laughs> oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> so all is not all. Okay. All believers. That's your answer. Uh Janice, can you tell me who are the successors of the apostles?
3: Mm, the successors of the apostles mm-hmm. would be um someone like St. Peter and like the Pope. So I would say, like, the clergy, the bishops, um, okay. they uh, specifically, the bishops are the, bishops. the okay. successors.
2: Okay. okay. So, Joan and Daniel, let me summarize. Janice seems to think the bishops are the successors to the apostles, whereas Adrian seems to think it's the all believers that are the successors to the apostles. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Joan and Daniel, what say you? A, ten, a Denise. Denise. Mm. Oh. Yes, of course. <laughs> All believers, Adrian. Good grief. Whoops. Well, I was right
4: at least in one sense. It was. It definitely wasn't Joe.
2: Definitely wasn't <laughs> me. <laughs> Maybe I should get a t shirt that says that. Definitely not Joe. Definitely not huh. a successor of the apostles. Or a bumper sticker. <laughs> definitely not Joe. I like that answer. Uh, Well done. You're in for two. Praise be to God. Now, this third one, I'm going to be honest with you, Joan and Daniel. This third one is probably the trickiest. It's definitely the trickiest out of all three. Uh It's a history question. Uh Uh-oh. Are you guys ready? Yes. All right, here we go. Back to Janice. Janice, Mm -hmm. can you tell me which pope crowned Napoleon emperor in the year 1804 and was later held prisoner by him? Which pope was that?
3: That would be... um Pope John, mm. Pope John Paul won the first. Really?
2: Fascinating <laughs> future saint. And did, yeah, did you know there's a cause? Uh, he's got a cause for canonization. JP won. Oh,
3: nice.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
3: cool. All right,
2: so let's just see what Adrian has to say. Uh, Adrian. Uh, You're a history major, aren't you? Uh, From BYU. Same thing. Backyard University. Uh, Backyard University. (laughs) All right, Adrian, can you tell me which pope crowned Napoleon emperor in 1804 and was later held prisoner by him? So Napoleon uh, took captive the very pope that crowned him. Yes, yeah, so that was
4: one of my favorite popes as well. Because mm-hmm, you know, all these mm-hmm. all the Piuses are so great. It's Pius the Seventh. Pius the Seventh? Of course it was. He's so confident. I'm very confident. Oh, okay. Like a 70% confidence. 70%. So maybe okay. 60% confidence. So
2: Joan and Daniel, Adrian seems to think it's Pope Pius VII, whereas Janice says it's John Paul I. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> Nailed it! Wow, you guys put a lot of confidence in Adrian on that one, Aww. and it was and it paid yep. off. Yes, congratulations! Perfect score, Daniel. I'm very proud of you. You did a great job. You might even win this prize this week. Uh, have a great day to both of you. Thank you for playing our game. <laughs> that was awesome. Praise be to God. All right, we're going to put you on hold, Joan and Daniel, but awesome. God bless you. Again, have a great day. That is going to do it for the radio side of our program. We enjoyed our conversations today on the first hour with uh, Julia and with uh, Professor Kolink about the heartbeat bill in Texas and how that might uh, spread across the country. The ups and the downs, the goods and the bads. We'll be posting those conversations at some point on our Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, all of that. You can find links on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But you can also catch the podcast of the show in about an hour from now on our website, iTunes, everywhere. Check us out, Catholic Drive Time. God love you. God bless you.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
2: Praise be to Jesus. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get more casual about our conversation. So if you are new here and you've never conversated with us, well, today is your day. Today is your day where you get to drive the conversation. Whatever you want to talk about is open and available. All you have to do is comment. And if you comment for the first time, Adrian, what happens? They get a special sounder, just,
4: just sneak, sneak preview. Mm-hmm.
2: Whoa, 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 easy, buddy. That's you, all you don't get. Don't be That's giving all you get. the That's full all you get. there. That's all you get. Come on, man. I just, know it. Just a sneak I preview. It. I know it. Uh, so, first-time commenters, you get some love, a uh, special just to you. So, if you've never commented, please comment. And we we would love to know where you're from if you're a first-time commenter. We have the CDT insiders hanging out with us almost every day. Our, our friends that are part of the program as much as we are, we're very grateful to uh, to them. So let me uh, let me mention some of these folks. On our website, uh, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, Paul from uh, New York is hanging out with us, as well as Sue has been hanging out with us. Paul is saying he's considering moving. Uh, to Texas? It, well, he listed three states. Maybe we could talk about that. One of the, One of which I am a big fan of for sure. So we'll, we'll mention some of that here in a moment, but good morning to you, Paul, and Sue. Mike K is over on Odyssey. We have about eight people watching on Odyssey this morning. It's good to have a little crowd there. That's more than we have on the, uh, the GRN
4: online uh, Facebook page.
2: <laughs> ouch, ouch, man. You hurt me. We but, have four. You cut me deep. We have four on the GRN page and eight on Odyssey. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, praise God. Welcome, Odyssey viewers. We're very grateful to you. And then, of course, on YouTube, uh, we have uh, the Burrier Family, praise be to God, uh they're going with the whole water burger thing too. I mean um, it's not it's
4: not their fault. Facts mm, are facts. Facts don't it, care about your feelings, it, man. It,
2: okay, well, do me a favor, spell the title of that organization for yeah. me.
4: W but, H, mm-hmm. H- A T yes. A uh yeah. My, uh
2: huh. Where's my water burger?
3: Come
2: on, man! It's W H A T? What? What? Mm. what? That's, that word spells what? And then it's A, and then burger. Mm. What a burger! That's what I said. Water burger.
4: <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you're, you're saying we're saying the same thing?
2: Oh, like yeah. Can I get the uh, the number one with the double meat and the bacon? And can you put extra water on my burger? Like who does that? What do you mean? Who thinks that water is an attractive ingredient in a cheeseburger? No one. That's what I
4: we're saying the same thing. <laughs> Whataburger. Spelled what spelled
2: W-H-A-T-A- Oh my Burger. You're killing me. What Kathy, good morning to you. Clarissa, good morning to you. Christopher Velasquez, good morning, praise be to God. Angelo Bustamante, good morning. It's good to see you. Uh JJ01, thanks for trolling us today. You're the best. Um Eric Rodriguez, good morning to you. Leticia, good morning to you. Dan. Uh, Vicaro, praise be to God. Good morning to you. It's good to see you here. Uh, let's see here. Josh says he was in Facebook jail, so now he's on YouTube today. Yeah,
4: he got... You know why he got in Facebook jail? <laughs> uh, It's I don't so know. funny. Why?
2: Uh, for two reasons... <laughs>
4: The last week, whenever you told him to fight me, mm-hmm. he commented yes. that, he, that he would uh, punch me in the throat. Nice. And Facebook put him in, <laughs>
2: censored him for
4: for, Josh, threaten, for the, threatening
2: someone. Let me help you. <laughs> and, this is what you do. You respond <laughs> and, to that by saying, "I have a Sharia compliant beard. And, you cannot censor me like." And this. then yesterday, he called someone fat on uh, oh, in wow. the comments.
4: Charity runs <laughs> and deep. So he. <laughs> So you got put in Facebook. jail. Well, there you go.
2: <laughs> Jesus Moreno, good morning to you. Praise be to God. It's good to see you. Eric Rodriguez says, hashtag Agua Burger. What is up with that? Come on, man. I don't know. Who wants an Agua now? Burger? No one. I don't know what's up with that. I have no idea. No idea. No idea. Who's on Facebook? I think it's just Buddy.
3: Are we talking about burgers again? Yes. yes. It's, <laughs> David it's L. like we always talk about food in the after show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or movies. It's it's usually those two. Well,
3: uh, I went to In-N-Out uh, oh, you did? this last past weekend. And what'd you get? I got the animal style double patty. Animal style? That's e- a thing? Yeah. Have you not? Oh, You have... You, Animal. Uh, so
2: I, I'm from Texas. So, so put it in. the
3: secret. So the secret sauce is animal style, and it's animal style. It's not that's awkward. It's not on the menu. So you have to ask for you, that because it's a secret sauce. <laughs> so only if you're a Californian, which <laughs> Would you I do not
2: even know that this thing exists. Yeah,
3: and then also really cool. That's thing... It's weird for under,
2: Californians to say animal style.
3: Yeah. Well, maybe they'll ban that in the future. <laughs> the other thing that's really cool about the In and Out is that under their cups mm-hmm. they have a bible verse and so every what? in every, and out in every in and out cup um has a bible verse at the at the bottom of it is it um, old
2: testament or is it new
3: um they've had both really? so in the past they used to have john i think it was like john 1 15 like god god so loved the world that 316? he sent yeah that one
2: yeah john 3.16.
3: and um and now Fascinating. Recently, i did not know that about it recently now. they have the proverbs um yeah, uh, yeah i've three, seen a five. lot of
2: old testament passages on and businesses like that because it's kind of safe right he goes for jews and for for pro, uh, for christians as well but i'm impressed praise be to god uh, let's see here, Colin. Good morning, praise be to God. It's good to see you. Who's on uh, Adrian? Who's on Facebook? Yes, we have uh, one on the
4: GRN side is just Buddy. That's it, Buddy. Good morning. So, good morning to Buddy. Uh, he was like, <laughs> he's like Am I the only one here? <laughs> I'm sorry, but buddy. on the other Facebook, in our Catholic drive time, there's a few people. We got Lori, Joaquin, hey, Don. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Patty was here earlier. Jesus Robles was on with us. Gloria was on with us. Gabriel Castillo was on. He said, The Gabriel
2: Castillo. The Gabriel
4: Castillo. No, that was was his
6: assistant. Uh,
4: Gabriel. Claire, I wish Claire would watch. Hey, Claire, if you're watching, (laughs) let us know. Uh, Gabriel Gabriel said, uh, Adrian, what happened? I know it. I mean, Uh, it changed. Sean was on, and uh, I think that's it. But yes, awesome. And S. Giselle was on, or E. S. Giselle? I don't know.
2: Praise um, being it was on, Sean, of course. Yeah, wonderful. Wow, the Gabriel Castillo. That is amazing. We got to get him back. He's always a winner. I, I love it when Gabriel's on. I missed him the last time he was here. Um, praise be to God. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out today. I, we don't know who's on on the Station of the Cross. Lol, side. Josh Sam. <laughs>
4: Josh said, "No, I was calling myself
2: that <laughs> <laughs> well, you may not offend yourself, Josh. These are the rules you can't he committed a yourself. hate crime against himself <laughs> william William hemsworth is on uh on Facebook today, huh that's wild that's so funny yeah, praise be to God I'm dead <laughs> uh Paul from Buffalo he was talking about he was commenting a lot today on our website about the interviews, which was great um but then he he mentioned that he was thinking about, he said he likes fishing, but he doesn't know if he wants to stay and fish in New York anymore because things are getting pretty bad up there. Uh, And I asked him, well, where do you want to, where would you move? And he said, Florida, Texas, or Wyoming. And I'm like, Wyoming is beautiful. It's incredible. I love Wyoming. He says he's driven through Wyoming um, and Texas and have stayed in Florida a few years uh, for short visits Problem is, someone has to stay in New York or other hostile places. It's never easy anywhere, though, defending the faith. I guess, as Jesse and Terry ask, what state do you live in? The state of grace. Ah, well put. Well put. Mm,
3: that's beautiful. I'm yeah. to Texas. I'm definitely- <laughs> say a state of grace is the state of your mind and soul, not the state of where you're living. <laughs> um <laughs> Also, Montana is a great place. I've heard it's a pretty – very conservative, very –
2: uh, They didn't lock down. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. And South Dakota, too, epic, I think. South Dakota Beautiful. And Montana. Yeah, it's God, it epic exists. and beautiful. Adrian's, uh, <laughs> Adrian's got a clear bias there. Uh, <laughs> Wyoming is beautiful. Epic. It's so incredible, that state. Every Everything is just amazing there, um, especially if you've never been to the Plains. If you've never been on the Plains – It'll blow your mind. Mm. James Mallory commenting on our website says, "I like what a burger. Uh, their onion rings rock. Love the spicy ketchup." And in response to that comment, mm-hmm. uh, Eric <laughs> says, uh,
4: "We are from Tejas. Tejas. James Avery doesn't sell In and Out pendants. Aqua Burger wins hands down. Please <laughs> no onions, though." Who said that? Eric
2: on YouTube. He actually did say Tejas. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, which reminds me, how many people have seen Quickly Down Under? Nope. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Quickly Down Under. Tom Selleck. I forgot how good looking Tom Selleck was. Okay, that's weird, but okay. (laughs) I knew you. You, you, uh, I, yet again, (laughs)
4: tell me I'm wrong. I feel like at least once a day, (laughs) I'm like, you know, I'm very uncomfortable right now. (laughs) At least once a day. And, uh, and this is one of those times, uh, Joe talking about how great some guy looks. Okay. (laughs) You you do you, dude. You do you.
2: hey man it's legal I'm
7: just saying I'm just
2: saying saying. (laughs) (laughs) no come on now if Tom Selleck you know who Tom Selleck is not a clue
3: no you seriously don't know yeah I'm (laughs) (sighs) I feel like I failed your uh no I just feel old old.
2: that's that's all it is is I just feel old (laughs) I don't know who Cardi B is if it makes you feel any better Okay. So well,
3: I I know of her, but I don't really care much of her. Well, so <laughs> I,
2: I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. Either way, Tom Selleck, uh, Magnum P.I. Does that ring any bells? Magnum no. P.I. Mm-hmm. No. Blue Bloods. Quigley. Uh, Quigley. Quigley Down Under. I hadn't seen that movie in a very long time, and it's about uh, set in like the first half of the 19th century this Wyoming cowboy takes his sharps rifle and he gets on a boat for three months and goes to Australia to answer an ad from a rancher there who wants to hire the best sniper marksman in the, on the planet. And he, he hired me and he happens to be that guy. And, uh, and it's impressive on a number of re for a number of reasons. And one of which is because as, as a man, he defends the dignity of women against, uh, you know, low-life thugs, people who are uh, adolescent children in in adult male bodies, and uh, I I just really appreciated that he stood up for for the uh, for the innocent. He stood up for the dignity of the person that was being attacked, and uh, so a lot of great themes in that film. And it's just super cool to see Tom Selleck shoot a Sharps rifle, you know, a mile and a half. That's that's pretty neat. Pretty neat. Mm. I hadn't seen that in a long time. And then as Josh says, Tom, S- Tom Selleck's mustache is glorious. Uh, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, so mm-hmm. Mike yeah, says. I agree uh, with you.
4: I agree with you, Josh. I that with you. Uh, this guy, whatever his name is, is on Blue Bloods. He said.
0: Um, what are we talking about?
4: <laughs> but uh, Mike had a good comment about earlier during our conversation with uh, Tony about the Constitution. He said the problem of course is the Constitution was not designed to be interpreted by judges and lawyers. It was written in plain language for the people. If we want to know what something meant, it's easy to find out. Read what was said in the ratifying conventions. There is no mystery. Um I guess in a sense that's true, but like things like a certain like there's a lot of things that we that don't didn't exist at the time that we need to worry about, like internet, uh cell phones um, even like radio, that wasn't a thing. These kind of ideas were were not in existence. So we need uh, at least some form of interpretation that needs to happen. Uh, it's kind of funny. Josh uh, and Harsha, my roommates, we were actually the three of us were having this conversation yeah, last night. We stayed up we're pretty late. We were sitting on the porch talking about um, about constitutional law and what what a right is. And I've been having this argument for a while. And so we were—we basically all agree rights are bunk and rights don't exist. Um, and then we were talking about, so what does exist? And we were arguing on whether or not the Constitution is a legitimate form of government that must be obeyed because it derives its rights from individuals and the individual doesn't have – The authority of a legitimate government. And so, how does it so? What is a legitimate government in that sense? I I was arguing on the side of course it's a legitimate government, but they were arguing that it's not. Uh, It was a great conversation
2: nonetheless, but yeah. Wow. (laughs) Paul said he went to a local restaurant on Sunday, had a cheeseburger for the first time in a couple of years. It was really good and at least a third of a pound, and drank a Guinness stout with it too. Golly, Jew is Paul. You probably aren't going to have to eat for a month now. A Guinness and a cheeseburger all at the same time. Was, wow! How else do you how else do you eat a burger? A Guinness is essentially a meal all by itself.
3: Oh, mm. Heffnweizen
2: is a meal in itself. Oof. <laughs> Those wheat beers.
4: Re- man.
3: I really enjoyed today's uh, uh, other guest speaker. Also, Julia Maloney. How yeah. did have you? How did you find her? How Twitter. I've never heard of her book before, and I've never heard of her per- before. And I I saw that she's um, she seems to be. Uh, a millennial who is really much into writing articles, it seems. That's her niche.
2: Yeah, I found her. I mean, I follow her on Twitter. And I, as I said over the weekend, I saw a tweet that she put out in uh, where she was bringing up the Satanic Temple thing. And she had commented on the their attempt to have a, a, a quote-unquote black mass at Harvard. And I'm uh, very fascinated by that. Um, you know, I was also a part of the protest for the black mass here in Houston. And they are... Man, that group is—they uh, love to mock mm-hmm. Christians. That's their thing. That's—they love to get a—that we would be out there praying, and they would try to do things that they thought would shock us, like S and M type of things. Like they were tying mm-hmm. up a, a woman, you know, like, like as if that was going to scare us away, or I mean, oh, it, like,
4: it was—it it, was bad
2: because there horrible. was a lot of children there. It's, but that's, I guess that's, that's definitely horrible, but my point is it's like they're, 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 they're childish, you know what I mean? There's a certain level of childishness there. <clears throat> they're going for shock and awe. They think because they act so insane that that's going to somehow scare off the Christians or whatever. That's, nothing could be further from the truth. Um, that, that's part of the reason why I didn't take my kids to, to that as well. Yeah, that, that's, that's a huge problem, and yeah, I mean it, it's effective in that sense because people
4: don't want to bring their kids. It's the same kind of concept as the abortion clinic. You bring out your kids to show people like these are these are your, <laughs> your these are your, your murdering babies. Yeah, uh, but when you go out to the satanic places, uh, you don't want to bring your kids because these people are are wicked and they they are disgusting and they try to corrupt your children by showing forth their their um i'm trying to be pc p i'm trying to be uh not politically correct um pg i'm trying to be pg when i'm talking about this but the people they're they're very gross i and when we went out there at night uh later on after everybody had left because we went during the day because it was safer uh but me and a couple guys uh actually actually all the i think everybody all my roommates actually went and i had i didn't know them then back then so that's kind of funny um Except I don't think, I don't know if Harsha went, I don't, I'm not sure. But anyway, we went out there at night and sure enough, the same like these people, like it's, it's very sad. It's very sad because a lot of the people and they, they kind of throw this accusation at Christians and they'll say, you Christians, y'all are so dumb and gullible. Y'all are falling for it, but we don't actually believe in Satan. It's all just us, uh LARPing. It's all, we're just playing a game. It's all a joke. But the reality of it is it's not. Like I said, Satan is the father of lies. You may think that you're not worshiping Satan and that you're just taking on the name as a joke or some kind of political statement, yeah. but no, it does, you, your intention there does not actually matter. It's the same thing whenever you say, what if someone came into a Catholic church and took the Eucharist and desecrated it, but they were uh, Protestant and they didn't actually believe it and they did it for the reason why they did it was to show mm-hmm. that it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. What they did was they did commit sacrilege. They did commit a grave mortal sin by doing that. Even yeah. though they did not know, even though they right. may not have the intention of yeah. desecrating the body of Christ because they didn't believe it, it does not matter. The truth is the truth, no matter what. And these satanists, they may think that they're not worshiping Satan. Right. They may think yes. that they're not uh, that they are not uh, committing grave evils. That they they may think that they're not giving honor and worship to a satanic to I mean, we literally we use the word satanic i'm trying to think of another word that's not the yeah, word but using they're it.
2: still the tool of the
4: devil and it's still exactly it's still it doesn't matter what you believe about it your intention does not matter here if you pull a trigger on a gun mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you don't believe
2: the gun exists the gun's going to kill someone if you pull yeah. the trigger pointing at someone exactly it's like in die hard remember in die hard the first one Mm. and that's you remember you saw the dialogue. yeah of course you remember the sales guy who thought he was like gonna be all slick and negotiate oh things? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the and then he sees the gun coming out he's like hey man you gotta bring the gun out it's gonna be fine <laughs> i got this bam yeah didn't work out did it <clears throat> you can fool yourself but you're not but god's not mocked and he's not fooled and they're just still still the tool of the devil speaking of great mustaches by the way uh, speaking of fantastic mustaches, Burt Reynolds uh, played in The Smoky and the Bandit. Who was his co-star? Do you remember? Anybody? Smoky and the Bandit. Who was the co-star of Burt Reynolds in the female uh, lead in Smoky and the Bandit? Anybody? Anybody? No, uh, no. I feel like I need like a doo 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 Nobody? Sally Fields. Sally Fields. And guess what today is? Sally Fields also played in a television series – Way back in the day, called the Flying Nun, and today is the fifty fourth anniversary. Why was The nun flying? Because uh, she had, she had. You, you never heard of the Flying Nun? Mike said Jerry Reed and Sally Field. Sally Field. <clears throat> so Sally Field, uh, she was the lead in a television series called The Flying Nun from nineteen sixty seven to nineteen seventy, and uh, that today is the fifty fourth anniversary. Thank you, Paul, for the tip. Fiftieth, forgive me, fiftieth anniversary, and thank you, Paul, for the tip. <clears throat> uh mike said the they did not exist argument
4: referring to the rights the did not exist argument is one that gun controllers love do not play that game internet machine based printing etc all fall under the first amendment semi-autos though they existed in the late 1700s are covered in the second amendment yeah this, so this isn't the uh did not exist argument that comes from the left this is a uh, rights do not exist karma coming from thomas aquinas So Thomas Aquinas, this is a – because the idea of rights comes from the Enlightenment era of Protestantism, and so this is a unique thing that has happened in history. So John Locke got his ideas from the Protestant idea of the individual having authority over Scripture and having uh, their own God-given authority where the Catholic Church has never taught that. Um, and it has in a sense in, in the terms of the census fidelium, but not in the same way. Uh, but this is not, not quite the same thing. The, and St. Thomas talks about rights and as a use, the word using in, in Latin use or rectum, and these words did not mean rights in the Enlightenment sense. It was instead referring to obligations. So for instance, why do we have a right to go to Mass on Sunday? Well, we have a right to go to Mass on Sunday because we have a duty to worship God. Why does a child have a right to life? Well, the child has a right to life because the children have, the parents have an obligation to, to, to provide for the children. And by murdering the child, they're failing in their duty before God. Um, and so all rights, have, as, as stated, all refer back to duties and oughts that a individual has towards God, uh, most entirely. So that, that's a little bit of a different argument than the one that the leftists make about do not exist. They're, they're saying do not exist because they are nihilists who don't believe in God and say that nothing exists, and
2: you can do whatever you want, essentially. Guess who's on the show tomorrow? Zach King. I'm super excited. Uh, that's super former awesome. Satanist himself is going to be on the program. And we can ask him some of these questions about the satanic temple versus the coven that he belonged to, his particular – uh, work with the coven. I've heard his story on a number of occasions. It's pretty powerful. But also the link to abortion, which he does talk about in his conversion experience as well. So irregardless of the satanic temple and their shenanigans, uh, the Satanists do actually have a link to abortions. So uh, we'll be talking with Zachary King tomorrow on the program. We're looking forward to that. Also on the program tomorrow, Jeff Cavins is going to be on. Uh, we're going to talk about Bible. I want to ask him about Bible studies and parishes. Why so many parishes go with so many Protestant uh, uh, programs when they could use Catholic ones?
4: Because Protestants know their Bible,
2: dude. Yeah, you can tell because they're coming in in droves, right? Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Amen. So we'll we'll talk to him tomorrow. We're looking forward to that. Praise be to God. Also coming up this week, uh, Dan Leroy is going to be on on Thursday. We're going to talk about September the eleventh because uh, that is coming up on Saturday. Uh, So uh, we'll have a conversation. We're going to link back to the original 9-11 in the mind of Islam, which Robert Spencer would have been another great guest to talk about that. He would have been a fantastic – but Dan Leroy is going to be on. We had him on once before. We had problems with his connection last time, so I'm glad to get him back, and hopefully things will be a lot smoother this time. Uh, J.W. Richards, doctor, uh, is going to be on the program to talk about fasting and Catholic faith on Friday, and then we may open the phones on Friday in our first hour to ask you to share your 9-11 story. Like, where were you? What what was your experience on that day, 2001? If you want to call in to our program and share that, well, Friday probably is going to be a good day for that. We will open it up, but it's going to be at 615 Central, 715 Eastern, so... If you don't typically join us for the first hour, you'd have to that day to uh, join us. We'd love to have uh, the phone lines full of CDT insiders telling us about their story. I certainly remember where I was. It was a pretty memorable day, to be sure. Uh, What else? What did you guys do over the weekend? I'd love to know. We have a few minutes here before we have to say goodbye. Oh, yeah. Today's not Monday. Yeah, today's was... I was about to say, wait, you've got a show. I nope, Today's Tuesday. <laughs> today is Tuesday. <laughs> so we got a few more extra minutes. Well, what let's you...
3: talk about Labor Day. What um
2: You did you labor is... on
3: Labor Day? Uh I I did. I did labor on Labor Day. <laughs> did you? I did.
2: Well that's okay. I mean, yeah.
3: You're... Yeah, it's fine.
2: Yeah. It's it was a Monday, it's fine. Yeah. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> Alaric, good morning. What did you do? <clears throat> oh, what did I do? Uh I was asking Janice. What oh, did you do? Oh, what did oh, okay, I do?
3: Oh, uh, on Labor Day, um, I cleaned my house, which was labor. Wow! And I, catched up on some uh, work from home projects, and that was labor too. So, yeah, it was. It was not uh, too. Uh, well, also spent some time with my family in the morning. Uh, had a nice meal. Nice. Um, but nothing like too um, adventurous, <laughs> which I wish. <laughs>
2: Well, <clears throat> Adrian, what did you do?
4: Uh that's a great question. What did I do yesterday? Let's see. I slept in till like 9 and then I woke up. My mom made breakfast. I went home for the weekend, so I was I got breakfast from my parents. So praise be to God, that was delicious. Um I didn't do much. We I did laundry. I uh worked on some stuff, some private projects I'm working on. And yeah, so that's about it for me. I'm not a huge a uh, fan of Labor Day. It's a secular holiday used to. to uh, it's like a secular holy day to try to show, like, oh, see, we're not like the communists who work all the time. We get one day off a year. Uh, so it's like, it's, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of it, and the. Um, it's kind of. Kind of have, uh, superseded, we, do, we the word holiday literally comes from Holy Day, because Holy Days you would get off from work. And because, I mean, being at the Guadalupe Radio Network is great because we get the Holy Days off from work, but most people don't get that. And so the Labor Day became the, a secular holiday in the sense that instead of having all these holidays interspersed throughout, uh, the year because you had all these high feast days and the special occasions where you just would not work. You wouldn't go to work because those were days set apart for our Lord. Uh, Holy Week, that kind of thing. You just wouldn't work that week. Um, those kind of things. These, these, uh, were things that were just in the culture. It wasn't like you work for a Catholic organization, so you're lucky you get those days off. No, it was every organization got those days off. And after we have abandoned and abandoned the Catholic faith and Protestantism, that's why they call it a Protestant work ethic. Um, they, they kind of abolished holy
2: days and so they had to create secular ones so mm. uh joaquin asked how my hunt went well we talked a little bit a little bit about that in the first hour <laughs> my hunt did not go well i was so eager to go out there i had never dove hunted before i was very much looking forward to it to doing it i love to hunt deer i uh, love the outdoors um hiking camping fishing i love all that stuff and, um, so I was very eager to get out there, but having never done it, I, you know, I just wasn't sure how it was all going to go. And so I, I'm like, all right, what, wh- what, how do we start? Show me where to do. You know, I was very excited. Uh, but unfortunately there were hardly any birds, like uh, almost none, the one or two that came flying by there's, you know, 8,000 people with shotguns, you know, five feet from you. So you really don't get much opportunity. I certainly didn't have a single chance to put my sights on a dove. So... I didn't – I just sat there for a few hours (laughs) and didn't get any action. Now, my son got to take a few shots. He was in a different spot than I was, and thankfully, he got a few shots off. My colleague, Richard Rana got a couple of birds, praise be to God, Um, but uh, I did not get any shots off. So, I was disappointed, to be sure. Very humbling experience. Uh, I'm hoping to have another opportunity. In fact, I found uh, nearby here, about an hour from us, there is a piece of public land where I can dove hunt, so – I think I may take that opportunity to go again, maybe this week. I don't know. Maybe on Friday, I'll take off after work and try to get a dove hunt in with my son. That'll be fun. But I did go fishing yesterday with my kids as well. Uh, we love to fish and uh, we spent some time fishing. Fishing didn't go well either, though. We didn't really caught one little tiny thing. No big, no, nothing to write home about. But it's more about the experience. Hanging out with my kids. That's what people say when they don't catch anything. Is that what they is that what they <laughs> say? Well, yeah. I mean, what, what else am I going to say? I'm, I'm glad my colleague got some birds, praise be to God. Uh, I wish I'd have had some too, but unfortunately that just wasn't the case. Now, someone said that the freeze, uh, so one of the ranch hands said that the freeze over the winter has really impacted the dove population, which I find fascinating because – Usually the state of Texas takes stuff like that into account and then regulates how many birds can be harvested. But uh, at any rate, I don't know. Maybe I'll get another shot. If I do, I'll let you know about it because I am looking forward to cooking that dove meat wrapped in bacon with some jalapenos and some cheese on a grill. That'll be awesome. God bless you all. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, We're very grateful to you uh, and for being a part of the CDT Insider's Hopefully we'll get caught up this week and get back into the routine. But Zachary King is going to be on with us tomorrow. Former Satanist, uh, incredible mystical conversion by Our Lady. And we'll talk to him in the first hour. So join us. Share us with a friend. We'd be very grateful to you. And make sure to stop by our website and get all the latest information. Join our email list and all of that at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow,
6: 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern.